Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your hosts, Nat Strong and Allie Terry. Woo. Natalia's back. Natalia's yeah. back. Yes. Woo-hoo. Yes. And look we what else We need an air back. horn. Like, we need more sound effects. This is a sound effect. You're right. That's better than an air horn. So I, okay. So I have a Pilates client who told me that they were going to listen to Let's Get Haunted during their four hour marathon run. They're doing the Chicago that marathon. That is honestly the biggest compliment I can ever think of. Yeah. Because it's like literally some, like I've ran one marathon and I never did it afterwards because it is haunted. It's horrible. Every second you're like, I wish I was dead. Am I dead? Is this purgatory? Why did I do this? Who like, it's like an out of body experience. Yeah. Honestly, if you start it and you end it and you're just like, wow, I'm going to do another one. Like that's a demon. Yeah. Like you have no realization, no change, nothing. You're just kind of like, I'm the exact same person, the kind of person who runs marathons. You're, um, you're a masochist maybe, or yeah, you just have a demon in your brain. Yeah. That's pushing just, you to hurt yourself more. What are you running from? No. Anyways, he said that he was going to listen to our whole podcast. His name is Christopher. Um, shout out Christopher, if you're listening. And I started thinking like, oh, you know what? Like that's really flattering. Why? And so I went and I listened <laughs> to the first episode and I realized we had so much more more nut button in it and then then I was like looking at you know I was getting kind of nostalgic and I was looking at our first photo that we took from January at my old house where we're like back to back smiling yeah and I had like little spikes in my hair I was like kind of goth and you and you were like dressed up as uh the Thornberry girl yeah Eliza Thornberry yeah and it's been almost a year since then right I know I can't I'm so proud of us that we've kept this going for almost a year now yeah but I was thinking about how much we've changed in this past year a lot yeah we We um, both moved you graduated you started your airbnb business i started my (laughs) airbnb business i've moved twice i yeah we've we've done a lot it's like you had just moved there when we yes okay yes yeah i had just moved there and i remember being like yeah like we're gonna start a podcast and And then we didn't know how to do the sound so when i listened to the first episode it's so echoey and i didn't even (laughs) notice it and i remember you said steve said that our sound sucked and i was like well steve sucks this sounds great because i had nothing I, to compare it to exactly yeah, yeah. i totally re- i remember that too because i remember listening back to that episode and being like this is fine yeah like, what is he talking about and then now we have actual equipment that we can use right so that there's no or there's less echo maybe there's not no echo i don't know guys does it still suck you tell us because we have nothing to compare this to yeah and i i don't know i just made me really it was a moment of gratitude because i thought how awesome is it that we have all this stuff that people have given to us and and i'm also um editing the area 51 vlog right now i'm so excited for yeah, that yeah and i'm like that's so awesome that we have this community of people who literally just loves haunted shit so much that you're like frivolous things that don't make money like this is clearly just for fun right, right? like there's no like, it's a hobby podcast it's a hobby and everyone's like you know what just like a community of people that are just as interested in things that are maybe more like macabre or yeah stuff that isn't necessarily socially acceptable to talk about like i can't just go out in public and be like let me tell you this alien story like oh my god the aliens are coming like even right. though that's how i feel inside yeah <laughs> of the time yeah <laughs> like, so it's really awesome that there's like people that aren't gonna be like wow what a fucking weirdo she believes in aliens like there's a group of people that are like yeah maybe aliens are real yeah you know yeah i like that i like that i too. think i think that living in that maybe space is something that we can apply to everywhere in our lives like if you meet somebody who's totally different than you or you go somewhere that's not like you're seeing at all or you see something um that you're not necessarily on page with what if you just change your thought from no to Maybe. Maybe. Well, and also, too, 
how how would any of us know? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to live in that maybe space. Weirder things have been proven true. Right. For example, I don't know if you saw, I retweeted this from the Let's Get Haunted Twitter the other day, but did you know that scientists have discovered that spiders can fly what? using the electromagnetic fields of the earth? They can fucking harness that and fly. And spiders have been found in the sky up to two and a half miles in the sky. Okay, that's seriously... I almost started crying just now. Like, I <laughs> do not... This is real. I do, look, there's tears in my eyes. Like, I do not like the idea of spiders just being... They flying fucking around. harness the Dude. electromagnetic energy of the Earth. And they have been found up to two and a half miles in the fucking sky, Natalia. That is horrifying. Now... If I just told you that with no backup, no proof, like if I was just like, oh, I think this is real, maybe you'd be like, wow, that's fucking crazy. No, no, no. But if you're living in that maybe space and you say maybe, then you don't feel so stupid when it's like, no, this is an article. This is real. Yeah. You know, my maybe space is telling me maybe spiders have reverse engineered alien technology. technology. Maybe spiders are the aliens from another planet. They came here on a meteor that crashed into the earth that destroyed the dinosaurs. And then they crawled out into the earth. And now they're slowly evolving and slowly learning our ways. And yeah. like, oh. and every time we kill one, they like get more and more mad. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, maybe. Yeah, Maybe. You know what's another maybe that I came across <laughs> this week? Do you know what RH uh, positive blood is or RH negative blood is? Is that the blood you have? Yes. So I have the I have uh, this negative blood type, I call it. But actually, the negative blood type, what happens is that I do have this RH protein, I think it is, on my blood platelets. But whatever. I was reading about it because I am obsessed with, uh, like, biohacking my body and what I mean by that is like oh if I put butter in my coffee and it helps me metabolize it slower then does that make is that going to like give me the same effect of Adderall without taking Adderall right right okay like I'm all into this like kind of like holistic it's hacking it is though it's body hacking like how can I maximize my body's capability that I know it's capable of right how can I maximize it consistently to my benefit on a daily basis yeah like if you think of your body as like the spaceship for your brain right like we are our brain and then our body is just the vessel that our brain uses it's like i want my shit to be fucking awesome like yeah. i want that fast and the furious shit right? yeah like i'm gonna make go that... big or go home exactly i'm gonna make that fucking i'm gonna go wild and out with this Look, shit in the words <laughs> of the late great still alive drake uh, <laughs> yolo right so you've gotta you... oh my god yolo yolo you only live once so like maximize the shit out of the spacecraft that is your body right and if you have this rh positive blood that i have it means that your body uh basically will attack anything that is not of that blood type so specifically it's harmful you first notice it with pregnant women because if your child has uh the negative blood type thing that i'm talking about if you it's really really rare it's like the rarest type of blood it's been dubbed quote golden blood because you can give it to anyone wait are you telling me that gold flows through your veins I'm not telling you that I'm not telling you that but the gold has been inside you all along all you had to do was look inside and you had your gold see the reason that I'm so excited to tell this is because it makes me not only look very cool but also the golden blood so yeah anyways point is 
the blood type that I have, if my child has a different blood type, which it's most likely to because it's a recessive gene, so it's probably going to have the positive blood type that, you know, my, uh, I almost said husband, but I was like, what? what? I was like, <laughs> that, did the, you get married? Yeah, well, the person that I have sex with. Was the wedding you were at over the weekend, was that your wedding and you didn't invite me? Oh my God, was it my wedding? No, it wasn't. I it was definitely. A bitch I have photos to prove that it was not. I my would wedding. invent a time machine just to go back in time and crash your wedding. Oh man. And give you gold in your, um, in, for your wedding gift. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh so, yeah. Your baby's going to have different blood type probably okay. because it's a recessive gene. Right. So, but the reason that I build, bring this up, Alyssa, is because people, since, since my body, uh, tries to kill and attack the fetus of the positive blood type, people have said that people with the blood type that I have, quote, golden blood are from an alien race <sighs> because why like you know when you mate a mule or you know when you mate like a horse and a donkey and you make a mule and then it's sterile (laughs) they're like oh well if woman is supposed to get pregnant and then like her body is actually saying you know what i'm gonna reject this child then what like come on i mean maybe aliens confirmed look are you part of the virilia race i don't know i I don't know. know Did you also see that because the polar ice caps are melting or whatever, Antarctica is losing so much ice over time that maybe the secret underground German bunker will become exposed? Will become exposed. Or flooded. Or flo- Well, okay. Or exposed. <laughs> right. Well, the Vrilia are going to get pissed. Is they're going to get heck. so pissed because yeah. their natural habitat is It's going to be underwater. Well, look, here. Here's the thing. I didn't really care about global warming until I realized <laughs> it might affect the Vrilia's habitat. We have well, to preserve them and keep them safe at all costs. Wow. So now I'm going to throw out all my straws and I'm going <laughs> to burn my car. Wait, hold on. Can I, can I say that both of those things are going to make it worse? Do not throw out all oh, of I'm your straws. I'm throwing them into the ocean. No. Um, I, that's what I have to do. California says straws are illegal. I got to just throw them into a landfill. Mm-hmm. And then I have to take my car and crash it off the side of a cliff. No. Um, and then I need to um, start uh, I'm vaping and no. walking everywhere. Wait, how did, I understand the other two. I could maybe understand how those would like maybe work. But how would vaping make global, global warming better? Oh, I don't know. Okay. It, it was just the <laughs> thought of it. You were like, oh, if I'm well, not breathing in the oxygen. vaping is now illegal, isn't it? Aren't they trying to make vaping illegal on a federal level, which is so fucking dumb? Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's like it's Melania's new initiative or something. Well, good for Melania, though. She's, she's found something. She tried to do the bullying thing. That didn't really work out. Yeah. So now she's got to find something new. Yeah. Maybe vaping is her new, you know, passion project. I hope. It's I kinda... good to have hobbies, dude. I, <laughs> I go crazy when I don't have a hobby. So I support her having having a hobby. I mean, I, I'm all for making vaping illegal because I'm, I hate vaping. <laughs> I just like, it's so annoying to me. Like, I don't want to be on the bus, you know, contemplating what I'm going to eat later. And then someone's like blowing like fake blueberry smoke oh my in my God. face. And I have, I have super bad allergies anyway. And Steve, when he vapes around me, I literally like my nose rejects it. So it just mm-hmm. swells up like my nostrils. I cannot breathe at all. Yeah. And yeah, it smells weird and then like all the smoke and and I have asthma. And so then I have to be like, Steve, can you stop vaping please around me? And he's like, no, I can't. I'm addicted. I can't stop vaping around you. And That's it's not like, an excuse. It's not an excuse, man. I'm not addicted to vaping. 
And yeah, you know, first of vape all, if, elsewhere. If you get addicted to vaping, that's you chose to do that. Like yeah, nobody you chose this like life. strung you up and forced you to take nicotine in repeatedly. Like exactly. you had to have made that choice as someone who had never had nicotine before. You were like, you know what? I know the risks, and I'm still gonna do it. Well, and as someone who was addicted to cigarettes throughout all of college and a year after college, so five years of my life, like if I can stop smoking cigarettes that literally have rat poison in them, <laughs> you can stop smoking blueberry-flavored smoke. Right. Come on. I agree. Just up your caffeine intake, use a nicotine patch, figure it out until you can get weaned off of that shit. Because, I don't know, if I can do it and I'm like the most useless person on earth, <laughs> then you can do it. Yeah. So let let yourself be motivated, listeners. The spaceship of your body must be taken care of and um, it's good for you to nut every once in a while. It's good for you to indulge in shit. I drink. Like, it's good for you to do things that are bad for you every once in a while. But be aware that you only have one life. Thank God. Thank God. Well, actually, I hope I have multiple lives because I want to be reincarnated as, like, something dope. Well, I think that, you know, it's very interesting. This kind of goes into my story that I'm telling you today. So we got a lot of requests from people who wanted Halloween-themed things. Yes, we did. Do you have a Halloween-themed story for me today? I do have a Halloween-themed story for you today. Oh, my God. Yeah, I am going to talk about the origins of Halloween. What? (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, I want to tell you my hypothesis because I was looking for a scary Halloween story and I could not find like one pre-packaged like great like the Love Pass our first episode which Alyssa told me is a perfect example of how to do a perfect let's get haunted Thanks, story. Natalia. I've because, never been able to live up to that story <laughs> <laughs> because it's an actual story that actually happened that has tons of evidence that has photos and that has dates and that happened such a long time ago that we can talk about it without being an asshole. Right, right. Like we're not going to be sued because all those people are dead. But now me looking for Halloween related stories, I could not find one. And the the whole problem was, is that there's so many bad things that have happened on Halloween that I came up with this hypothesis that something about fall or like October Ooh. or this changing of the seasons, it makes people, it makes animals, it makes things just fucking act antsy and and anxious and afraid and weird i kind of agree with that it's like the changing of seasons does a lot to your body like you know as Mm -hmm. soon as summer ends and winter or fall begins everybody at work is always sick Mm -hmm. like everyone's allergies start flaring up stuff just starts changing i I know too from uh with animals i my dog acts like an asshole at this time every year i think it's because i have a siberian husky he's very furry and in the summer he's kind of just like it's too hot like I can't do things and then when the fall comes around he's like I have so much energy let me dig a hole for no fucking reason yeah. and I like <laughs> this I know is my time I'm literally from the Antarctic tundra originally <laughs> yeah like- I mean maybe he's trying to tell me something but like in the summer this fucker will sleep until noon every day like I kind of like have to force him to go outside and now he's like putting his paw on my face at eight o'clock in the morning and being like I heard a leaf let's yeah. go outside <laughs> also when I had a horse the horses act crazy in the the fall we the wind or something makes them act antsy there's even a name for it people say like oh he's got the kick so traditions surrounding halloween Alyssa, can you tell me some traditions that you can think of that you would associate i can okay so halloween first of all we start putting up fake cobwebs all over the place <laughs> hey yeah. i know what you're talking about wow yeah. i wonder if that's an american thing it's like i know what you're talking about it's like 
like nylon hose material yes. that's been shredded. Normally, we would like clean that shit up. <laughs> but in at Halloween time, we're like, yes, cobwebs. Yeah. And then we put up like jack-o'-lanterns in fall. We make sure that we get lots of little candy. We go trick-or-treating. We plan our costumes out. Co- oh, my God. I have like six costumes this year, Natalia. I'm so fucking excited. We better go out six nights. <laughs> well, don't worry. We will. Okay, great. There's uh, a demon that awakes on my shoulder at this time of Halloween. I will say, too, like I get very antsy and weird things start to happen and it's just like such a fun time it's just so oh my god i love i just love halloween time and this was the other thing that i was going to talk about is like bitches start acting crazy around this time of year they're like oh like people start trying like i'm just gonna say this this is crude so close your ears if you don't want to hear this people just want to get fucked around this time of year no i agree with you People want to let their whole flag fly. Mm -hmm. And I support that. Right. And I think it's because there's like this changing of the seasons. It's like the earth is like fertility is closing in a way. It's going to be like dormant for a while. People are like, let me try to get it in. I don't know. Yeah. So there's also vandalism happens. Smashing pumpkins. Doing hood rat shit with your friends. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. That happens. Mm -hmm. Um, We, yep. The haunted things. The scary houses. Scary mazes. Corn mazes. Scary movies. Scary movies. Yeah. People just, anything that's haunted, basically. Mm -hmm. People get into it. And I I like it because it's not just like weird people that are getting into this. This is normie. It's very normie. You maybe, you know, to have... Uh, your children go out and trick-or-treating on Halloween and you dress like if you're a very normie wife maybe you dress up as like Glenda the Good Witch and like Mm -hmm. serve cider on your lawn oh you can tell so much about someone's personality based on what they dress (laughs) up as for Halloween that's true and you can also tell so much about what stage of life someone is in by what they dress up as for Halloween right like when you're a mom I feel like every mom dresses up as that uh what's the what who's the woman that's like from the Adams family uh oh wife? oh uh oh my god uh, El- Elvira yes moms fucking love to dress up as Elvira I love Elvira <laughs> yeah yeah moms that's like moms that are still trying to be kind of fun dress yeah. up as Elvira mm-hmm. then like there's some like my mom for Halloween I the last costume I remember her wearing was like a Cinderella costume my mom dressed up as the Chiquita Banana Girl. Oh, how cute. Yeah, she, I forget what her name is, but she wore that like basket of fruit on her head. Yeah, I yeah. met the guy that used to do food safety for Chiquita Banana. Oh. And I didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Great story. Great story. <laughs> um, and then around the world. So it's not just in the United States that we celebrate Halloween. They also have Dia de los Muertos yeah, in Mexico. absolutely. Where they have the ofrendas. And yes. That's a fun tradition. I wish that we had that kind of stuff. I wish that ofrendas were a thing because mm-hmm. I think that's so cool to not forget about the people that have passed over and take some time to like honor them. So for people who don't know what an ofrenda is, it's like an offering, I guess, or like an altar to your ancestors mm-hmm. and you put photos up of uh, your ancestors that have passed and the Day of the Dead is a day that you honor people who have died exactly. in your family. And their memory. And I think that's so fucking cool because family is so important to me and I just love that that culture family is so important to them that they will remember people who passed you know, years and years mm-hmm. and years, like generations ago. Yeah. So cool. I love that. Um, also, have you heard of Guy Fox Day in England? I have, but I don't know what it is. So <laughs> real short story. Um, it's celebrated on November 5th in England and they do bonfires and fireworks, but it marks the anniversary of the discovery of a plot organized by Catholic conspirators to get ready for it blow up the houses of parliament in london in 1605 wait what yeah so there's this dude (laughs) they celebrate this day so that's kind of the question is okay so in on november 5th in 1605 they 
uh, find out this guy Fox, his name is literally Guy Fox. <laughs> was <laughs> It's cons- F-A-W-K-E-S, right? Yes. Okay. He's conspiring to get rid of the parliament by blowing it up with a bunch of people, but they didn't have a very well-organized plan. They had a bunch of gunpowder that may or may not have been like soiled or something. <laughs> and so uh, several people tip off the police that this is happening and then they catch the guy and he's like literally in a basement surrounded by gu- the gun powder what a dumbass yeah i know <laughs> and then they're like okay well we're gonna set you on fire in a bonfire and then morbidly what? yeah so then morbidly like a witch like a witch so morbidly now that's how you celebrate the holidays is by, by lighting bonfires lighting bonfires england i know and some people you even put a little fake guy fox in the fire so they really killed him that way yeah and now they celebrate his death every year on guy fox day yes but it's un- but that's the thing is they're unclear of whether you're celebrating it's kind of like a meme holiday because it's like yeah. are we celebrating the fact that this person was discovered or are we celebrating the fact that he almost got them right, right. guys if you're from england drop a comment in the soundcloud comments or tweet at us or leave a comment on our ig photo dump for this episode and tell us how do you celebrate guy fox day and what is your understanding of what you're celebrating right and if you and if i'm wrong about him being burned in the fire then don't tell me because I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I also wanted to bring up, I feel like in other types of parts of the world at this time of year, we would call all of these things like Guy Fox Day and Dia de los Muertos. It's not necessarily a holiday. It's a festival. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And then it got me thinking, like, why why don't we call Halloween a festival? Why is it called a holiday instead? Well, did you know that in Spanish, the word for holiday is literally Dia Festivo? Yeah, I, I wrote because I was triggered when I wrote this by this. And I said, in Europe, we might call this a quote festival. But here in the United States, we have no culture or dreams and we call it a holiday. <laughs> I don't like the word holiday because the word holiday implies that celebrating is a break from the norm, i.e. we should be working 24 7 and when we aren't that's frivolous activity for fun and then that makes fun be like looked down upon and then also calling halloween a holiday discredits it as fun rather than necessary which further promotes capitalism and now i'm triggered to me halloween is like this is like required it's like everyone needs to have a day where we get haunted yeah we need to just start partying more and then maybe we'll all come together and there'll be greater understanding and less tension among the various classes and we'll just party together if people if everyone across all cultures would maybe have a fucking drink every once in a while yes all right so that kind of brings me to how did halloween start well Alyssa, i'm glad you asked because (laughs) wait wait tell you how did halloween start well Alyssa, i'm glad you asked (laughs) because halloween began with an ancient pre-christian celtic festival of sawin which was celebrated on the night of september 11th just just kidding it was october 31st oh talia i was like wait a minute did we change it because we knew the 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 Aztecs foretold that on September 11th something bad would happen. I love that this is about the Celtic festival, and you were just like, yeah, you know what? Bring the Aztecs in. Look, I'm very American, <laughs> and the only thing I know are the cultures that are close to our country, and so all I know is Latin America and the U.S. and and I barely pay attention to Canada. Now this Sawin thing is fucking annoying because it's spelled S A M H A I N. Now. As a person who reads English, how would you pronounce that? Salmon. 
right? Yeah. Salmon. So I don't know. Maybe the the M used to be a W. I'm sure we have a listener who's going to like tell us why. School us. School us yep. right now. But Educate you, us. You say it Samhain. And I listened to a few YouTube videos of people talking about this. And I was like, well, this person just clearly has a speeching impediment. And then I like went to the next one and I was like, wow, all these people, they don't know how to spell <laughs> this. And then I like literally had to go online and say, how do you pronounce salmon? And it's Samhain. Samhain. Yep. Yeah, I guess, like you said, the M must have been a W. Just, I mean, it's like Wumbo. When Patrick takes the the Mermaid Man belt and he switches it to W and he sets it to Wumbo. <laughs> like, that's what we're doing with Salmon. We're setting it to Wumbo and it's Sawin. I mean, Salmon Holiday doesn't sound as cool as what Sawin actually is. Do you want to know what Sawin is? Let's, let's have you take a guess. What do you think Sawin is? All right. Let me, is this is Celtic? Yep, it's the ancient pre-Christian Celtic festival of All Samhain. Right. One night a year where you get to pillage a town and come back and light a bonfire and then the uh, crops start growing. What you're describing right now is the plot to The Purge, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's not too far off. So Samhain is a Gaelic festival marking the end of the harvest season and beginning of winter or, quote, the darker half of the year. For Wiccans, it's known as the Witch's New Year because it's the start slash restart of the cycle of the year, and it's one of the eight Sabbats. Mm. Traditionally, it's celebrated from the 31st of October to the 1st of November as the Celtic day began and ended at sunset, and it's about halfway between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. It was also the time when cattle were brought back down from summer pastures and when livestock were slaughtered in the winter. Uh, special bonfires at this time were lit and they had protective... So I got that right because I said you light a fire. Yep. Yes, you did. Uh, they ha- These bonfires have protective and cleansing powers and there were lots of rituals involving them. Um, and the Celts, who lived over 2,000 years ago in Ireland, the UK, and northern France, they were the ones who were celebrating this. And it's basically... It's like the year's harvest is being celebrated and the coming coming of winter is is being celebrated it's like a time for people to reflect on the past and kind of get excited about the future and prepare for it the time of harvest that sounds positive yeah it is uh, maybe it is maybe it's not so there's no pillaging no pillaging yet so when the special bonfires were lit the there was rituals that they did around these fires and involving them to make sure that the cattle that were being brought back from the summer pastures survived okay so i was kind of right because i said then stuff gets fertile or right. because you do the bonfires close okay and so the people who lit these bonfires they gave food to the spirits mm. so that the spirits would help them and appease them and make the you know cattle survive so the feast started happening and people got drunk. Okay, I love it. Yeah, so this festival is kind of like an amalgamation of a bunch of different beliefs because as we know, in that time, there were, you know, pagan holidays. There's people who choose to celebrate some rituals and everyone's beliefs. There's not like, like I feel like in current religions of the of now, everything is like so written out. It's like very specific. You believe this, you don't believe this, whatever. Mm-hmm. Pagans were kind of just like, this pumpkin represents fertility i believe it but my neighbor thinks i'm stupid but we still have the same religion (laughs) right yeah it's like whatever so the Samhain festival this is where it gets weird now i don't know who decided to make Samhain festival at this time but whoever did clearly was up to something because the Samhain festival happens to coincide with the exact time when the veil between the worlds of the living and dead was at its most thin. Whoa. And spirits, both good and bad, could pass between both worlds as they pleased. 
So naturally, if this happens, if if the veil is, you know, very thin at this time, the dead maybe can return to Earth on Samhain. And that's the entire premise of Dia de los Muertos is that this is the time where spirits of the dead can pass over and like visit the world of the living. And that's why people leave food on their ofrendas. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Yep. And so you have this... You have this festival where people are excited. They're bringing their livestock back from the pastures. They're harvesting. And harvesting not only means, you know, you're getting food harvested, but that's when people are making money because there's abundance, right? You're selling things. You're getting ready. And so everyone's getting drunk. They're eating a lot. There's fucking things on fire everywhere the cattle are back you know it's about you're to just be. fucking like crazy you're getting lit because you you might fucking die this winter you don't you never know. know yeah is another plague coming i don't know exactly mm-hmm. so the irish people in the centuries past were very superstitious according to this website that i was reading so the thought of otherworldly spirits roaming around all night was enough to make them shut their doors and not leave the house until sunset the next day so some of these people when sunset happened would go inside so they would wait until the sun comes back up before they would go back out so it was basically like anytime it's dark there could be spirits around it was basically like you know whatever's happening after sunset can't be good okay and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a sentiment that, you know, a lot of people have on Halloween. It's like there's, you know, there might be demons out there. And um, we I even have, there's even that expression, nothing good happens after midnight. My mom would always say that to me all throughout <laughs> high school. Like, nothing good happens past midnight. Like, you have my to My dad be, said yeah, that too. Because yeah. I had a curfew. I think most people had curfews probably. But my curfew was 11, I think. And it was like, nothing good happens past midnight. Got to be home by 11. That's what my dad said too. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. So when I read that Irish people are superstitious, I underlined it and I was like, question mark, question mark, question mark. Because <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? Right. Like, are, do you have that? Have you ever heard that Irish people are superstitious? No. Um, I dated an Irish person once, not from Ireland, but he was loved Irish culture. I feel like all Irish people of Irish descent love Irish culture, which is great. <laughs> um, but no, the only thing I remember about Irish culture is that um, the potato famine was like really traumatic for them. And then a lot of them came to the U.S. And yeah. then I know that they have their Irish Gaelic and they like to drink and they like to fight. And these are all, according to what I was reading when I was researching, are these superstitious? That's all just confirmed facts. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was like, Irish is superstitious. And I found this whole website devoted to all these different superstitions that are of Irish descent. And I'm just going to read you one of them that I think kind of like encapsulates all the other ones. Okay. So this superstition says that giving something sharp to a friend can, quote, cut your friendship. <gasps> That's similar to Latin American superstition, too. Like, you're not supposed to give someone scissors. Mimi told us this. Remember, you're not supposed to give someone scissors as a present because it means that it's going to cut your relationship. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So in Ireland, in several other countries, oh, that must be in several other countries, giving or passing someone a knife or scissors is said to sever the relationship. So the only way around this is by accepting a coin in exchange. So you can still get your friends and family fancy kitchen knives, but you have they have to give you 20 or 10 cents in return. That's literally what Mimi said. She really? said that um, when her and Jamie were dating, her they had to give Jamie scissors for some for a present for some reason. I don't remember what it was, maybe a haircut. And then um, Mimi's mom was like, if you're going to give him those scissors, he has to give me a penny. Right. So that it's not a gift. It's like he's it's buying an exchange. It. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know why, where that comes from, but yeah, anyways. So um, these 
I want to talk about these special bonfires because remember I said there was rituals in the bonfires. Yes. And we've talked a little bit on this podcast before about divination, uh, like inquiring Mm -hmm. about the future from ancestors, basically. And we even talked about divination with with pointy objects. Yeah. Knives. Yeah, the knife, that one bitch yeah. from Oklahoma. Yeah, that one Jameson bitch. <laughs> yeah. Doing all kinds of crazy shit with her knives. So bonfires were also used in divination rituals. In the 18th century, a ring of stones, one for each person, was laid around the fire, perhaps even on a layer of ashes. So everyone then ran around with a torch, exulting. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, yeah. Just picturing people. It's like the Olympics where you have that big torch and it's like a whole ceremony, but it's just people everywhere running around with like Olympic torches. That's what I picture. And then in the morning, the stones were examined. And if any were mislaid, it was said that the person who was represented by the stone would not live out the year. And that this custom may have come from an even older custom of actually burning that person. So Jesus. It, so it was like a game. It's like, well, we're having fun, but... The, whoever loses this gets burned alive in this fire. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, right? That's nuts. So that's they took bad this, vibes. That's why there's... I think that's why these people were like, you know what? I'm going to go inside after yeah. sunset. I don't <laughs> you know. Even... I'm not even going to take my chances. Can't burn me alive if it's daytime. Uh, there's also many rituals intended to divine the future of those who were gathered, especially with regard to death and marriage. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying about how people are just trying to get fucked in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. So in Celtic mythology, apples were strongly associated with otherworldly creatures and immortality, while hazelnuts were associated with divine wisdom. One of the most common games at like Halloween, I'm calling it Halloween, but Samhain festivities was apple bobbing, which we still do. We still do. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, when I was a kid, I went to Halloween uh, parties and we all apple bobbed. Yeah, and Girl Scouts, we did apple bobbing for Halloween. Yeah. And uh, another, this is my favorite ritual. This ritual involves hanging a small wooden rod from the ceiling at head height with a lit candle on one end and an apple hanging from the other. You then spin the rod around and everyone takes turn trying to catch the apple with their teeth. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) If I have learned anything from this year of doing this podcast with you, it's that spinning apples are fucking haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Apples are the most haunted fruit. Confirmed. But here's the thing: on the if you miss that apple, do you just get a the candle? Lit to candle? The face. Yeah. Also, are you blindfolded or are you just chasing it around? Like, can you use your arms? It doesn't say. I just like you're just chasing it around with like your arms tied behind your back, like with or without a blindfold, just like trying to chomp on this apple. You know, spinning. ancient times <laughs> they, they had to do some stuff to entertain themselves. Yeah, they really, really, really did. Yeah. You know, um, and imagine everyone's wasted doing all of this. So I'm sure it's like, this is a great idea to bob the apples. I want to have a Samhain party where we just do all this stupid bullshit that they used to do at these festivities. It would be so fun. Yeah, that would be so fun. Um, Also, another divination ritual. And this is one that you kids can do at home. Apples were peeled in one long strip. And then you toss the peel over your shoulder. And its shape was said to form the first letter of your future spouse's name. How fun. Uh, Also, two hazelnuts can be roasted near a fire. One named for the person roasting them and the other for the person they desire. If the nuts jump away from the heat, it's a bad sign that the relationship will not happen. But if the nuts roasted quietly, it foretold a good match. I'm sorry, I just said nuts. Yeah, hazelnut. Um, Items were hidden in food, usually a cake, and 
portions of it were served out at random to guests. So a person's future was foretold by the item that they happened to find. For example, a ring could mean marriage, a coin could be wealth, a leaf. Uh, someone was drunk making the cake I don't know <laughs> but that's kind of reminds me of that Mardi Gras tradition you know where yeah, there's the a baby, baby in the cake mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but they had to stop doing it because people were choking on the baby <laughs> yeah I think they still do it but only if you're like over the age of however old yeah you they, it's called king's cake king's cake exactly yeah. yeah my dad would bring one home from work uh every year because like no one at his work actually wanted it it was just like tradition tradition like another like company sent it to them so he would be like oh no one's gonna take this giant cake home like sure i'll take it home to my family and then every single year we would have like a week where there was just a giant cake made for an entire office of people sitting at our house (laughs) that our whole family would just gnaw away at well and also king's cake is i mean maybe this is going to be controversial but i feel like it doesn't even taste that good it's just more about finding the baby no it was yeah exactly it was like an all white cake that had like random beads and a baby inside of yeah. it yeah <laughs> um, the fun of it is that it's a choking hazard yeah so it's, a, it's a dangerous cake yeah we just love danger we do so this is an this one's kind of gross a salty oatmeal bannock i don't know what a bannock is but i'm assuming it's like a pastry of some sort a salty oatmeal bannock was baked and the person ate it in three bites and then went to bed in silence without anything to drink this was said to result in a dream which their future spice offers them a drink to quench their thirst so they so they ate something that made them thirsty weren't allowed to drink and then when they went to bed they were going to have a dream about their future spouse giving them something to drink all of these rituals are all about fertility i know i'm telling you it's like people are so freaking thirsty back then (laughs) also egg whites can be dropped in water and shapes foretold the number of future children okay children could also chase crows and divine some of these things from the number of birds or the direction that they flew i love that one because next time i'm on the the beach i'm just gonna run into like a flock of seagulls and they're gonna fly everywhere and i'm just gonna be like i'm getting married (laughs) (laughs) um okay so back to sawin what do you think of it so far So I think Samhain sounds like a rollicking fun time. Um, I think it sounds dangerous, as most (laughs) things were in olden times. It sounds very haunted to me. It sounds like it's it's like a lot of superstition. Mm -hmm. Um, It sounds like a lot of things can go wrong. It also sounds like people. I don't. Did people actually believe in this stuff, or was it just like a fun time? So. I don't know. Okay. I think it was because it sounds like your whole life could be fucked up if you got the wrong. Like, you know, drop egg whites and it forms a zero. Then yeah. everyone's like, oh, don't want to marry you because you're going to have zero kids. Right. Or like you have a dream about like your worst enemy and you're like, damn it, I'm marrying Igor the, or whatever. Yeah. Like, Igor. fuck. And then like, that's just like your life now because you believe in it. You got Igor'd. Yeah, you got Igor'd. Um, yeah, I... I... I think Samhain, to me, it just sounds like a bunch of people getting drunk. And then they're just like, there's this huge feast. And they're like, what are we supposed to do? And then someone's like, I know your game. Let's take these eggs and put them in water. And then that <laughs> means how many children you have. And then they're like, wow, Igor, that's so that's so cool. Like, where did you come up with that? And he's like, I didn't make that up. Everyone in my village plays that game. <laughs> Why does Igor sound like nobody wants to marry Igor and he comes up with all of these games hoping someone will have a dream about him so right. that they have to marry him? Right. He's like, I like, Al- <laughs> no. He's like, I like Alyssa. Alyssa, you put your face in this bucket of apples and try to get one. <laughs> Igor, I'm not marrying you. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Samhain eventually kind of morphs into Halloween because you have people lighting bonfires, people offering sacrifices and paying homage to the dead. People, uh, some of the people in the villager, uh, some of the villagers were wearing animal skins to quote drive away the bad spirits or oh. ghost visitors that might have come through that thin veil. And the banquets were. It's unclear whether you know the banquets are being fed to placate ghosts or drunk people are just eating it anyways. So you kind of just have like what I imagine to be people who take this really seriously and then just a bunch of drunk Irish people who are like, I'm going to dance around with the fire. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and like if we know anything about people who are super religious or like type A personalities, things that piss them off is people not taking something seriously that they're doing. Yeah, totally. You know, like if this person spends all day, no, if this person spends all year collecting wood for this bonfire and they set it up and then you go and like get drunk and throw a gourd in it and yeah. knock it over, <laughs> like that person is going to be manifesting manifesting evil energy for sure yeah absolutely so um as the centuries go on that morphs into people begin dressing as ghosts and demons and other malevolent creatures while performing in exchange for food and drink so they're like uh can we have something from the banquet and then they're like no this is for the ghosts and then they're like well i'm a ghost look i'm dressed up you know or they're like oh they like recite a poem or do a dance or something in exchange for getting a treat and it's like trick or treat they call oh. this custom mumming and it goes back to the middle ages but it, it sounds like trick-or-treating it right? does sound like trick-or-treating so like look at my cool costume and i'm coming to your door and i look really cute because it's mostly like a kid thing in our culture and so yeah. it's like oh now my prize for being so cute and like taking all this time to dress up as something creative is that you give me a treat yeah well now fast forward to the mid-19th century America is being colonized. A lot of the people who are coming over here, immigrants are Irish. And you know how they celebrate Guy Fawkes Day over there, right? right? The lighting mm-hmm. of the bonfires. So some of those people are fleeing from the Irish potato famine in the 1840s. And they come over to the United States and they still have all of their Irish traditions. One of those is lighting of the bonfires. And then that kind of adds to this whole idea of Halloween having these bonfires and people like you know there's just spirits spirits and and all that and then jack-o'-lanterns are irish traditions oh wait wait before you say they i I know this can i say it (gasps) yes they used to originally be turnips yes and people used to cut them and make little faces in the turnips oh i thought you were gonna tell me the tale of stingy jack do you know this no i don't you're gonna love this so stingy jack is an irish folktale and i read two different ways of this story because as you know with folk tales their oral traditions get passed down everyone kind of has a different idea of what it is so the first one is from pumpkinnook.com it says the tale of stingy jack and the jack-o'-lantern <laughs> stingy jack was a miserable old drunk who took pleasure in playing tricks on just about everyone family friends his mother and even the devil himself. Oh, shit. One day, Stingy Jack tricked the devil into climbing up an apple tree. Apples! Can we just keep talking? Apples are fucking haunted. Well, as we know, they are a symbol of the other world. They're fucking haunted. Look, (laughs) it all goes back to Adam and Eve. What Mm -hmm. kind of fruit did Eve eat? The apple. Oh, you're right. It's literally the devil's fruit. Apples are symbols of the other world. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I guess across, across all religions... They are kind of symbols of the other world. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So after Stingy Jack tricks this devil into climbing up the apple tree, 
He hurriedly places a cross around the trunk of the tree, and then the devil, unable to touch a cross, was stuck in the tree. (laughs) So that's really funny to just think, especially because last episode, um, James pointed something out that I had never really thought of before. Um, James's perspective coming from like a very religious person. He said that something about the devil that's interesting is that it's not like god where god is omnipresent the devil can only be in one place at a time and so him saying that i guess i'd never really thought about it before and i was like oh that's really interesting way to think of it because then if the devil's stuck in this apple tree he literally can't be anywhere else because he's not like god he's not omnipresent so that's kind of cool because if he's stuck in this apple tree stingy jack just basically did the world a favor well the only reason stingy jack did this is because once the devil is in the apple tree he makes the devil promise to not take his soul when he died because he's just a horrible drunk okay <laughs> so, <laughs> that's like really dope <laughs> so now the devil yeah right like he sounds like a smart dude to me yeah he figured sounds it really out. smart so once the devil promises not to take stingy jack's soul stingy jack removes the crosses and the devil climbed down out of the apple tree now many years later after stingy jack died he went to the pearly gates of heaven and was told by saint peter that he was mean and cruel had led a miserable worthless life on <laughs> earth and therefore was not allowed to enter heaven well i, I want to say that saint peter kind of sounds like an asshole like that's kind of a rude thing to say to someone can't you just be like no you're not on the list also like saint peter is basically the bouncer to heaven and but isn't St. Peter stuck in purgatory then? Because nobody wants to be a bouncer for their entire life, like right. rejecting people like that are really angry, that really want to get in. Like you're basically just in a perpetual state of like fight mode. Bouncers haunted confirmed. Confirmed. So now Stingy Jack is like, well, I can't get into heaven. So what does he do? He goes to hell. And he sees the devil and the devil's like, you know what? You're an asshole. You remember when you made me promise (laughs) not to let you into hell? Well, guess what? You can't get in. Boom. So now Stinchy Jack is scared because he can't can't go to heaven. He can't go to hell. He has like literally nowhere to go. So he's forced to wander about forever in the dark netherworld between heaven and hell. Now, he asked the devil how he could leave as there was no light. And the devil, here's where the devil's kind of nice. He's like, you know what? Fine. And he tosses him an ember from the flames of hell. He's like, here's an ember from the flames of hell. Stingy Jack, you know, you're kind of an asshole, but we like assholes around here. So here's some flames. And so now Stingy Jack has this flame and he's like, well, I need something to harness it in. And he finds a turnip. And because the turnip is one of his favorite foods, he always carried one with him and he hollows it out. He puts the ember that the devil gave him inside the turnip. And then from that day onward, Stingy Jack roamed the earth without a resting place, lighting his way as he went with his jack-o'-lantern. Ooh, I love that. Now, here's the other version of the story by history.com. Which one do you think sounds more reputable? Pumpkinnook.com or history.com? I mean, probably history.com. But pumpkinnook.com sounds like a website that you and I would make. And so I'm kind of partial to it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Tell me the correct story. Stingy Jack invited the devil to have a drink with him. Oh. True to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin so Jack could use (laughs) to buy their drinks. What? Yeah. So once the devil turned himself into a coin, Jack decided to keep the money and put it in his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. I love this story because it's like, Natalia, this is you. <laughs> I know. Out like, the devil. You find treasure and you're like, no, I gotta keep it. Like, <laughs> 
I, I'm like, hey, Mel, Everyone's let's get like, a Natalia, drink. don't keep the treasure. It's literally the devil. And you're like, but it's silver. And put it next to my silver cross, which I also found. Yeah. So then Stingy Jack eventually frees the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and that should Jack die, he would not claim his stole. The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing up a tree to pick a piece of fruit. While he was up in the tree, he carved the sign of a cross into the tree bark so the devil could not come down until the devil promised not to bother him for 10 more years. Soon after, Jack died, and as the legend goes, God would not allow him into heaven. The devil, who was upset, uh, wouldn't let him into hell. Obviously, he turned him into a coin. Um, and he sent him off into the night with burning coal to light his way. He put the coal into a carved out turnip and began roaming the earth. And that's the end of that story. I think that my favorite part of that story is that in this scenario, <laughs> the devil's like... Became a quarter. Well, no, the devil's... Well, that too. But the devil's like, you know what? Hell's pretty dope and I don't want to <laughs> let you into my domain. Whereas we think of it as being like the devil takes these souls and tortures them for all of eternity. Right. So you think he would be like, I fucking hate Stingy Jack. I'm going to torture him for all of eternity. But instead he's like, no, I don't even want to see you. That's how much I hate you. You're just not... We're not chill. Yeah. We're not vibing. Exactly. Yeah, I like to... Now I like to think... Will someone draw this as like hell is just like a super cool club with like all of our favorite artists and celebrities and there's like pole dancers yeah and, like, and it's like a lounge and everyone's having a good time like doing whatever drugs and just chilling and wearing fashions that they're not supposed to be wearing you got the fucking coolest people of all times of all the earth hanging out and then only the squares aren't allowed in <laughs> yeah he's like stingy jack fuck you yep exactly stingy we don't want him in here yeah he's not gonna pay the strippers so then that turnip thing turns into a pumpkin because when these Irish immigrants come to the United States, the pumpkins are native to America mm -hmm. and they are like, you know what? This is way easier. Yeah. I don't even know what a turnip looks like. Is um, that that little red thing? Um, no, those are radishes. Turnips are bigger. They're purple. They're shaped like radishes. They're like carrots if you took a carrot and smashed it down into like a smaller, fatter thing. That sounds so hard to carve anything yeah, out of. Yeah, I know. I've yeah. thought about that too because I, did I didn't hear that legend, which is like so fucking cool but i know that people used to carve turnips and i just remember thinking what a pain in the ass because at least pumpkins are kind of hollow on yeah. the inside it's really easy to carve yeah. a pumpkin. like literal children do it exactly um so now fast forward to the early 20th century these irish and scottish communities that were living in the united states had you know all these ruffians practicing this guy fox day and we have this tradition of literal like like the symbol of this tradition is literally a guy named stingy jack who is so horrible that even the devil doesn't want to hang out with him. <laughs> um, so these Irish and Scottish communities in the United States are kind of reviving these old world traditions of uh, mumming, you know, the trick-or-treating thing. Uh -huh. And by the 1920s, it just starts turning into pranks. Love it. Yep. Tricks. People are wearing these masks. And this is, you know, this is right before the Great Depression. So some of these costumes that they're making are very rudimentary. Here's a picture of a mask that children used to wear. That's honestly more terrifying than anything I've ever seen in my life. That's really fucking terrifying. <laughs> Can you describe this mask? Yes. We're going to put this on the Instagram photo dump for this episode. It looks like it's a torn off piece of cloth from maybe like a pair of jeans or a shirt. Mm -hmm. And it has a, two little tiny holes cut out for eyes. Uh -huh. And then somebody has drawn on these eyebrows that look very angry to me and yeah. then there's like a slit for a nose and then they've just scribbled a black mouth like they've scribbled like 
just a square is that is that just like a square it's like yarn it oh, looks like yarn scribbles, but oh, it's so yarn they sewed like yarn. sewed or glued on wow there, yeah. yeah that's honestly it looks like the cookie monster <laughs> or a me seeks if that was like a really fucked up like demonic cookie monster or a fucked up me seek yeah it's it's scary looking but children are wearing these in kind of getting rowdy and the great depression happens soon after and this exasperation the problem. Halloween starts leading to the widespread adoption of organized community-based trick-or-treating in the 1930s, and things that people were doing were stealing gates off their hinges, graffiti, vandalism, just like throwing water bombs at people, egging. That's where all of the like bad stuff kinds of comes about. Love it. Yeah. Is like these rowdy boys who have nothing to do with their energy. When World War II begins, sugar rationing starts happening, and so that, that means that there's not as many treats to hand out, and so the trick-or-treating is kind of put to a halt uh-huh. but then boomers make halloween come back do you know how <gasps> how after the post-war baby boom trick-or-treating reclaims its place among other halloween customs because sugar rationing is ended and candy companies capitalize on the lucrative ritual launching national advertising campaigns specifically aimed at halloween which turns into the most Second largest commercial holiday we know today as Halloween. Americans spend $2.6 billion on candy each Halloween. And it's all because these boomers made it happen again. So you're telling me that all of these memes about like, shut up, boomer. We (laughs) really should be thanking the boomers because without them... Our tradition of dressing up as hoes, <laughs> getting hella candy, yep. getting super drunk, going out to clubs, going fucking nuts one night a year. We wouldn't have that tradition without the boomers. Right. Thank you, boomers. That's exactly I what I'm I appreciate you, you. And I appreciate all that you've done for this great nation. Now, the whole reason that I told you kind of about the history of Halloween and all of these random traditions and stuff is because I wanted to set the stage for the following stories that I'm about to tell you that are supposed to prove my hypothesis that when this veil is made thin between both worlds, the living and the dead, I believe, according to what I have read, no like good things happen outside on Halloween after the sun goes down because okay. I think the demons are out and if you are outside you have this rowdy energy energy that's making you for no reason want to terrorize things and conceal your face and basically what I would call being almost like possessed by it's evil spirits. It's basically the purge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like- <laughs> but people become possessed. Yeah. That otherwise wouldn't. So here's some creepy things that have actually happened on Halloween. Um, the first one I'm going to start with is Harry Houdini died on Halloween. I didn't know that. Yeah. When Her- he got punched in the stomach by that asshole. Exactly. That's exactly Fuck what that happened. Guy. I hope that guy went to jail. So what happened was, is these random students, his name was Jacques Price and Sam Smilovitz, um, they went up to Houdini and asked, quote, if he believed in the miracles of the Bible and, quote, whether it was true that punches in the stomach did not hurt him. He then, the Jacques, delivered some very hammer-like blows below the belt to Houdini, and Houdini at this time was reclining on a couch, having broken his ankle while performing several days earlier. And so he was basically just assaulted by these two people who were like, you think you're better than God, basically, you know? And I fucking hate I hope that guy I hope that guy was was sterile and he has no ancestors that are still living. Wow, Alyssa. You're gonna assault Harry Houdini, the greatest magician and escape artist to ever do it? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you get away with that. 
spicy. Spicy. I'm not putting anything on that guy's ofrenda. Alyssa's spicy. He can just starve to death. Harry Houdini died. (laughs) God. (laughs) Harry Houdini died of a ruptured appendix at 1.26 p.m. on October 31st, 1926 in room 401 at Detroit's Grace Hospital, aged 52. In his final days, he believed that he would recover, but his last words before dying were reportedly, I'm tired of fighting. Oh. It's haunted? Haunted. Another haunted thing that happened was on Halloween in 1963 at the Indiana Coliseum, which is um, basically like an events uh, place. There was a holiday on ice skating exhibition at the Indiana State Fairgrounds and a propane gas explosion killed 74 people and injured nearly 400. It was just after 11 p.m. October 31st, with only three minutes remaining in the opening night show. The skaters were finishing a medley called Mardi Gras, and no one realized that a propane gas was leaking from a rusty tank in the concessionary, slowly filling the unventilated room. As the skaters began gliding into pinwheel formation for the finale, the gas came in contact with an electric popcorn machine. When the gas ignited, a blast of orange flame shot 40 feet up through the south side seats, catapulting people and chairs through the air. Concrete chunks and body parts rained down. I don't I don't like it. Many of the spectators fell on the ice on the south side of the arena, while others fell into the crater caused by the explosion and were buried underneath huge slabs of concrete. How have I never heard this before? 54 people were killed and another 20 later died of injuries. Indianapolis news reporter Bill Roberts was attending the show with his wife. He described the scene in graphic detail. Mm-mm. Do you want to hear it? Okay. You're going to hear it. For a few seconds, no one cried out. Then there were screams and cries of agony and the audience jumped from their seats as if in unison and started rushing for the exits. The orchestra continued to play. My wife was drawn to a small blonde girl with her mother. The child's blue coat was soaked with blood. They were looking for the father. Outside the main entrance, a man was sitting with a huge black and blue lump by his left eye. Part of the calf of his leg was gone. Indianapolis Star reporter Richard R. Roberts reported the events as he saw them. You walked into a nightmare. This was the worst thing I have seen since combat in World War II. Jesus. The lights above still cast a bluish light as they cast onto the ice show. A red satin slipper was on the ice. Three feet away was a pool of blood. A gray-haired man lay on his back, staring lifelessly at the ceiling. Ambulance attendees threw a gray blanket across him. Chairs were scattered like ten pins on the south end of the big building. The fairgrounds itself was almost like a battleground. The surrounding streets were thick with police and edges of the streets jammed with crowds like war refugees, slowing the movement of ambulances and fire engines. That's... And then here's a a photo from that. So here's a photo of the stadium after this event. They've laid out all these bodies. Oh, my God. So it's a horrific thing. You're, you know, watching. You're at the fairground watching a ice show and they're in the, the finale. And all of a sudden an explosion happens, sending just half of the audience 40 feet up into the air. Yeah, we'll put this picture on our IG photo dump as well. Basically, what I'm looking at is you can see 
that looks like the ice skating rink in the middle, right? Because yeah. there's all the lights over mm-hmm. it. And then there's all these like stadium seating all the way around it. The side closest to the person who's taking the picture is completely destroyed. There's chairs, like pieces of chairs just littering the ground, pieces of stadium seating littering the ground. Then in the middle on the ice, they've like set up this almost like a triage mm-hmm. center where there's all these like tables and body bags and blankets covering bodies and body parts. And then there's all these people standing around Oh my gosh, this is, yeah, horrific. It's It's horrific. horrific. And what are the odds that the state fair has been going on all throughout the season and then all of a sudden one hour before October 31st is over at the finale of this ice show, this freak accident that has been cooking for probably the whole month, right? This gas leak has just been building and building just all of a sudden happens. How has this not been turned into a movie? It has been turned into a movie. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What Um, was the movie? uh, I think it was called... I can't remember. I think it was called like something about the Indiana. The Is it like a recent one or an old one? I just saw it on the Wikipedia and its name looked boring. And I was like, I've yeah, already said too much in it. this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not learn about yeah, it. Yeah, understandable. Um, also, here's some other creepy things that have happened. In 2012, in the early hours of the morning after Halloween, a tutu-clad Marine spotted a uniform-clad Marine in a wheelchair and thought the man's costume was a weak attempt at mocking the military. So the Marine and the tutu attacked the man in the wheelchair, and as it turned out, the Marine learned upon his arrest that the man's wardrobe was not a comment on our servicemen and women. He was actually a disabled veteran. Oh my god. What a dumbass... That's so ironic, too, because you're literally wearing a tutu and you're like you're a Marine wearing a tutu. So like how is how if that was a person who was dressed up? How was it mocking? Yeah. Right. And also, why do you like that just shows what he thinks of people who are disabled? Yeah. Like, right. Why is that mocking? Oh, my God. I know. He's a dick. But you're not going to wish that he starves to death and like uh, he's sterile and a famine on his family. Uh, no, because you know what? He went to jail. <laughs> oh, spicy. Yeah. All right. Also, you've heard of this urban legend of poisoned candy, right? Like your yeah. parents are always like, there's going to be a hook in your recess. Yeah. And I'm like, no, dad, actually, you're fat and you just want to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason that comes along is because there was the murder of Timothy O'Brien in 1974. In 1974, he was an eight year old from Deer Park, Texas, and he died on Halloween night after ingesting poisoned pixie sticks. They had cyanide in it. Making this crime more horrific is the fact that the perpetrator was not a neighbor but it was his own father trying to collect insurance there's just like terrible people in this world now here's one that's that has a happy ending have you heard of the halloween graveyard kit letter no so you know those like cheap little halloween graveyard kits you can get at like target or walmart where you you, like it's like a plastic graveyard and you put it in your (laughs) lawn it's like halloween decorations bless me bless you thank you you put them on your lawn to make it look like your house is a graveyard yeah right Mm -hmm. so in 2012 an oregon woman was shopping at uh kmart and she bought one of these halloween graveyard kits so as she starts to open it she finds inside in the cellophane interior a folded note that was folded into eighths and it was stuck in the styrofoam it says it's a piece of paper Sir, if you occasionally buy this product, please kindly resend this letter to the World Human Rights Organization. Thousands of people here who are under the persecution of the Chinese Communist Party government will thank and remember you forever. This product is produced by Unit 8 Department 2, Mai Shengji La Labor Camp. 
Shenyang, Laoxing, China. Uh, people who work here have to work 15 hours a day without Saturday, Sunday break and any holidays. Otherwise, they will suffer torture, beat and rude remarks. Nearly no payment, 10 yen for one month. People who work here suffer punishment one to three years on average, but without court sentence. It's unlawful punishment. Many of them are fun uh, yilong practitioners who are totally innocent people only because they have different beliefs than the communist government. They often suffer more punishment than others. So, wow. essentially... It's like you, a message in a bottle cry for help situation yeah, in like, this right. graveyard it's decor. It's like, you know when you read things that say, oh, made in China? Yeah. And we're always like, oh, like jokingly, like this is probably like Chinese, like children making this or yeah, this is like labor. child labor. Well, this is literally someone's in a labor camp and they're saying, hey, like help, if, help <laughs> us. We don't know what to do. So the woman posts a photo of this to Facebook and asks for feedback, which is such a <laughs> so such jealous. a woman from Oregon shopping at Kmart. What year did this happen in? 2012. Bitch, go to the police. I know. And human wa- uh, rights looked at it and they said, we're in no p- position to confirm the veracity or origin of this. Um, but they look into it and then they investigate this and end up closing down the labor camp wow so it was real so it was real and that was a that was a happy situation yeah, that's awesome but that you know i i like that one because a lot of these other ones aren't as good like this girl who was wearing in 2012 the same year a nine-year-old was wearing a black outfit and a black hat with a white tassel she was mistaken for a skunk by a relative and got shot what how i don't fucking know. how also why are you shooting skunks you dick how do you mistake a child dressed as a witch because you're for a skunk or how drunk are exactly. you exactly drunk as a skunk as yep. the expression goes <laughs> like that's how drunk well, you were she survived which is why i feel better about telling you this story but yeah she also you're you're never supposed to shoot a skunk because it just releases it just releases all of its sack of I know. odors and this just further proves our idea that the demons are out on halloween oh my god so um also in 2011 a 55-year-old Chicago resident realized his candy bag was missing. So naturally he blamed a neighbor for the missing sweets and then took his revenge to an extreme by stabbing his neighbor to death with several steak knives. <sighs> what is wrong with people? I'm telling you they're getting possessed by demons. It's the full moon, it's the harvest moon, it's something. It's all of it, right? And then the last one I want to tell you about is um the one that makes me the most upset it's about have you ever heard of yoshihiro hattori no yoshihiro hattori was a 16 year old who was born in nagoya japan he went to baton rouge in august of 1992 as part of the american field service student exchange program he also had received a scholarship from the Morita Foundation for his trip. He was hosted as a homestay student by a college professor oh, I and a physician and their teenage son. So this is a good kid, right? Yeah. He, two months into his stay, so he's only been in this fucked up country for two months. He's going to go to a Halloween party and he dressed up as John Travolta's character in Saturday Night Aww. Fever. So he's wearing a white tuxedo and he goes with his um, homestay host's son who's also his same age 
who's wearing a neck brace because he was recently injured but then he decides that to turn that into his halloween costume so he puts like bandages all over himself like he's like an injured zombie type person like a mummy or an right. injured person so yeah. they're dressed up as john travolta like disco out, out outfit and like an injured thing yeah pretty harmless yeah right they are looking for a party and that they got invited to and they get the wrong address and they knock on a door and they're like hey we're here for the party and um it's the wrong house but it's like decorated like halloween it has like halloween decorations so they right. assume that it's the honest party. mistake yeah. yeah and the wife um that lives at this house the wife of the couple that lives in this house comes out the side door and sees these two kids dressed up in front of her door and instead of being like it's fucking children dressed halloween. up halloween yeah. she goes inside and tells her husband to get a gun so her husband goes inside and gets a gun and it's not just a gun a gun that has a laser guided sight on it okay like a like a like a sniper scope or something where like you the the laser points at the person then you shoot right so that you can aim better yes and um so the not uh yoshi but his homestay partner sees that this man is holding a gun at him because he sees the sight on him. And he's like, the guy yells freeze. But then Yoshi has only been in America for two months and he's Japanese and he's part of this homestay program and he's 16 years old practicing his English. And he's not wearing his contacts that night because he wanted to be in character as John Travolta. Right. So he can't really see that well and his English isn't that good. And so it's unclear if whether he thought like, oh, like, you know, he doesn't know American customs. He's like, we're all dressed up weird. Is this like part of Halloween? Yeah. I don't know. Also, who the fuck has a laser sighted I'm gun? Sorry, who the fuck sees someone on Halloween night dressed up as John Travolta and your first reaction is let me get my gun out because they're robbing me. Right. So he thinks, Yoshi thinks that this guy is dressed up as a character too because yeah. who the fuck would do that? Yeah, and, no one. Yeah, and and his friend is like, hey, wait. And then the guy from five feet away shoots him in the chest and then goes inside, closes the door. Now, he, the kid that didn't get shoot, shot in the chest, he runs next door and gets neighbors to help. And he's like, hey, call the ambulance, call the police. This is what happened. And as this guy, the neighbor is trying to help, the woman comes back out and is like, don't just leave. Don't help him. I know. And then fucking this pisses me off so much. In the court, he gets acquitted of manslaughter because he said he was reacting honestly to his wife and that he feels bad that he overreacted but the kid was on his property wasn't their excuse that they had just been recently robbed or something and so he thought it was like another teen robber but like i'm sorry you don't just get to shoot somebody no he that wasn't his excuse his excuse was that hattori quote had an extremely unusual manner of moving <laughs> that any reasonable person would quote find scary so to me, that's just another example of how people get all fired up at this time of year. I hate people. I, just I know. I'm so upset by that. But to make it a little bit better, his family, the family of Yoshi, um, they were found liable and they sued them for $650,000 in damages and then created two uh, charitable funds in their son's name one was a fund to u.s high school students who are visiting japan and the other was to fund organizations that lobby for gun control awesome well good for them yep i just i just hate these types of stories because i feel like the majority of people in the u.s aren't that crazy but then there are people who are that crazy and we have shootings 
pretty frequently. And that's all that people abroad hear about us. And so right. it just sounds like we're this crazy, like gun happy culture when the reality is that the majority of people don't act or think like that. And it just gives all of us a bad name. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, the one good thing that came out of this is after the trial, the wife said the, to the press that um, her husband would, quote, never own a gun ever again. And he broke down in tears several times during the trial and was just like, I got scared. I'm sorry. You know, he didn't mean to do this. It was just a moment, a lapsed moment of judgment, right. of fear. And um, yeah, so I, I think that just proves further to me, like people are acting they're out of character. Yeah, acting irrationally. Yeah, acting irrationally. So finally, the last thing that I wanted to talk about are positive ways that you can celebrate Samhain yourself. Okay. So ways that you can celebrate Samhain, people, are by making an altar to remind yourself of what the season is about. You can put pumpkins on there. You can put things of the color. You can put your favorite kinds of foods. Maybe you can have photos of people you love there. But to make something that reminds you of this feeling of paying homage to your ancestors and and the hearth of the family and fertility. And I think it's really helpful for people specifically who may live in a place where it's the city and they don't have a lot of trees or they don't have grass or they don't have foliage so they can't really see the changing of the seasons um, to make these all so it kind of just reminds you that we live in an earth and that we live in a place that's constantly going through these cycles and that there's constantly birth and death and rebirth happening. Another thing you can do is called the most dangerous game Halloween summoning ritual. What? Yeah. And this is a positive? Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Go uh, hunt humans. Play the most dangerous game. All right, guys. So as always, play at your own risk. And this is brought to you by theghostinmymachine.com, <laughs> which I love because I think that's, that's saying so like a ghost is writing this. Yeah. Yeah. So the players you need to play this game is at least one person. You will require a candle, a lighter, a quiet room with at least one window. The window must be capable of opening and closing. A loved one who has passed on whom you wish to contact and a means of communicating with the person you wish to contact. Suggested materials include a pen, a pencil, piece of paper, a fogged up mirror, a voice recorder, and or planchette Ouija board. You also need a bowl or a basin, enough to fill water in it, and the means of which to warm the water. Optional but highly recommended is warm water. So the instructions. Wait until October 31st. Okay. Number two. So you can only do this on Samhain. Number two, either clear the building in which you plan to perform the ritual of all other people or inform them of your intention to perform the ritual. Yeah, don't just surprise your roommates by bringing ghosts <laughs> into your house. Definitely <laughs> always inform and get consent. <laughs> and if, if most likely everyone's going to leave anyway. Yeah, I'd like, be like, all right, see ya. Yeah, <laughs> you're fucking weird. <laughs> so if any people are present in the building do not wish to leave and do not wish you to perform the ritual while you're there, do not proceed. It can end badly. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. Number three. If you have succeeded in clearing the building or receiving the consent of those present to perform the ritual, you may proceed. When darkness has fallen completely, bring your supplies to the quiet room with the window. Number four, confirm that the window is closed. Then place the unlit candle near the window, but not so close that a breeze could cause it to go out when lit. Number five, think 
of a loved one that you wish to contact, hold their name in your mind, recall their face, their appearance, and manner, every detail about them that you can remember. What color was their hair, their eyes, their skin tone? Were they tall, short, somewhere in between? What did they like to wear? Did they have a signature scent? How did they carry themselves? What expression most frequently flitted across their face? What did their voice sound like? How did they react whenever they saw you? Bring them to life or so as close to life as you can in your own memory. Number six, keep thinking of this person. With the memory of them clear in your mind, light the candle, open the window, and then leave the room. When you come back, observe the state of any other room in the building than the room which you performed the invitation in. If the room remains unchanged, the ritual has failed. Do not proceed. Return to the invitation room, extinguish the candle, and close the window. You may try again another time. But if you observe any unusual phenomena, the ritual has succeeded, you may proceed. Possible indications of success include the sudden presence of a scent associated with that loved one or a drop in temperature and or the sense that your loved one is nearby. Number 10. Return to the invitation room, the room that has the candle in it if you like you may attempt to communicate with your loved one now how you do so is up to you possible methods include automatic writing where you sit at a table with a piece of paper before you and a pen or pencil held loosely but comfortably in your non-dominant hand relax and clear your mind speak out loud to your loved one ask them questions or simply tell them anything you wish them to know if your non-dominant hand begins writing of its own accord let it then read what's there with the fogged mirror, you can fog a mirror up by any means you desire. Speak aloud to your loved one, then watch the mirror surface. If any words appear, read them. If any images appear, examine them. Absolutely Ooh. not. I'm throwing that shit at the wall. That's, a, that's <laughs> But then you have seven years of bad luck because you're going to shatter a mirror. What's worse? Seven years of bad luck or a, a mirror in your hand talking to you? <laughs> Uh, with the voice recorder, turn on the recorder, speak aloud to your loved one, leave at least 15 or 20 seconds of silence between each sentence or question. And when you are finished, turn off the device and play the recording back. Listen closely to the silence, especially during the moments of silence to see if anything's there. Last one, a planchette. If your planchette is designed to facilitate automatic writing, fit it with a pen or pencil, place it on a piece of paper, rest your fingers lightly on its surface, and follow the procedure for automatic writing laid out above. If your planchette is designed for use with an Ouija board, place it on the board, rest your fingers lightly on its surface, and speak aloud to your loved one and watch for movement. Note, use of a talking board or Ouija board is not recommended. I don't want. Well, I think that's because like we've talked about You open the gates. Yeah, you open the gates and you might not be talking to your loved one. You might be talking to a different demon. Well, or... why do the demons only like if that's the case then how can a demon not talk to you through the mirror or not talk to you through the writing? Like why yeah. can they only talk to you when you're using a $14 board you got from Walmart? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should do a whole episode on the history of Ouija boards cuz maybe that's where the answer lies. Oh, it probably is. Yeah. Uh, lastly, continue conversing until either you or your loved one are ready to finish. I don't know how you know they're ready to, like, if the room sets on fire, then <laughs> calmly... If the devil himself appears in the mirror, you know that you must close the portal. Right. And now it's time for the last stage, the farewell. <laughs> Number one, say your goodbyes, thank your loved one for speaking with you, then let them be. They will know to leave when the night is over. Oh, I don't like that. No, leave right away. Yeah. <laughs> when the sun has risen, extinguish the candle and close the windows. All right. And that's it. What do you think about that? I think 
and I, because I was, as you were telling me all these different ways to communicate with people who have passed on, um, I was thinking about how we've talked before about like, well, don't use a Ouija board if you like don't want to become haunted, right? Or like, don't do this if you don't want to become haunted. But then I'm, you also got me thinking because you were talking about different cultural traditions of communicating with people who have passed on or leaving offerings for people who have passed on and remembering their memory. And those types of traditions are all really positive. So I think maybe what this is maybe what I'm going to do mm-hmm. is maybe if you know that you have a loved one who's reaching the age where they might be passing soon or maybe just like have a conversation and say, hey, when you pass on, do you want me to try to communicate with you? Mm-hmm. Because the only time that I see this being a negative is where we hear these stories of people who are basically trying to like necromance right people who have passed on and force them back yeah. into our world to try to gain something from them like knowledge of the future or the past right. or whatever like exploiting them exploiting and so i think that you kind of walk like a really fine line whenever you're trying to communicate with someone who's passed on because how do you know if they even want to talk to you or not and none of us know how the afterlife works right so right. maybe we think there's just nothing and there's no way to talk to anybody or maybe we think that people stay here when something bad happened or there's residual energy well, if you believe the stingy jack tale it's po- like it seems like only people who are super fucked up don't get into hell right, right yeah <laughs> so if, if you don't automatically go to heaven and you are not you don't go to hell i fuck i don't know like that person's fucked up to me right or maybe that is purgatory is when you haven't been able to go to either of those places right so i don't know i kind of feel like and because we don't know what happens in the afterlife i would be really concerned about accidentally pulling someone's soul back from somewhere that they want to be just Mm -hmm. to talk to me and what if they get stuck here because of it right so i think maybe the solution is to ask people hey do you want me to try to contact you after you pass on like if you're chilling in heaven at a like a really nice library like in a comfy chair and then all of a sudden like you get a tap on your shoulder and it's like, hey, your niece wants to talk to you. But if you talk to them, you can't come back. Right. Like what? most people would be like, you know what? Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but I don't know. But maybe I mean, nobody knows what happens. Right. So yeah. if you know that you have a loved one that was super into that shit, like yeah. then maybe it's fine to do that. I don't know. I think it's probably a case by case basis. Right. I mean, I I guess we can't know until we're ghosts. Right. Yeah. And then here's my promise to you, Natalia. If I become a ghost and it doesn't affect me to come back and haunt you, I'm going to come back and haunt you only for one night and it's going to be Halloween. No, I don't. I this researching for halloween because i didn't even read you all of the stories of bad things that have happened in halloween i left a lot of them out the majority of them are people seemingly going crazy and like murdering murdering pretty much it's like there was a few of them where it was like oh kids were throwing eggs at a car and then a guy got out to reprimand them and they fucking shot him to death or or stabbed him yeah or exactly or like someone was tping my house and then i kicked them in the face until they died yeah you know it was like and I'm so sorry. I was just scared. Yeah. I. It's just it's Halloween and it's a scary holiday and I was on edge. Yeah. It's like if that's you, if you're if that if you are so terrified, then please stay inside and do not come out. You are the kind of person <laughs> that during Samhain needs to be indoors and do not come outside, please, because if you can't handle people, you know, like stealing <laughs> gates and hinges or writing like obscene things on the walls. Stealing your jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. Then like don't fucking put a jack-o'-lantern outside also. Yeah. Or if you get teepeed, don't shoot the person that teepeed you. Right. It's just teepee. Yeah, it's just toilet paper. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. 
Everyone relax. Well, I think my favorite part from everything you just told me is the um, Stingy Jack story. I think that is so entertaining. I like him. I like him and I liked Igor. I like to think of, you know. Igor. (laughs) The guy we invented. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I like to just imagine a super drunk, like, funny, like, kind of just, like, buffoon. Yeah. Buffoon buffoon who's, like, also stingy. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, let's get a drink together. And then, like, that's not Irish, but let's get a drink together. And then um he's like oh but can you lend me some money and then the devil's like sure like just i'll turn into a coin and then it's like ha yeah, <laughs> i've got you coin. now <laughs> right it's like you before went go your right to have your soul have a final resting place in exchange for like what today is probably worth like four cents yeah and i also think the funniest part of that story is the idea of someone who's just so annoying <laughs> that not even the devil wants to torture you right <laughs> like, yeah. yeah yeah just like god if i have to spend an eternity torturing the most annoying man in the world i will straight up kill myself that's what the devil's thinking <laughs> i like saint peter just being like you're an asshole no, yeah you're you bounced from heaven yeah yeah it's nice <laughs> yeah oh before we end this episode i wanted to remind everybody that natalia and i are trying to get nominated for a the discover pod awards oh yeah so if you go to our instagram you will see that the link on our profile right now is for the 2019 Discover Pods Awards call for nominations. So nominations go through October 22nd, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And so that's super soon. That's if you're listening super to this, soon. Stop please, what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. This. Nominate us. Do it right now. You can vote multiple times. I'm pretty sure. You, I think you just have to use a different. It doesn't say anything about not being allowed to vote multiple times. So right. I'm going to just go ahead and say vote multiple times. What, do we get something if we win? Um, well, this is for nominations. So oh. if we get nominated, then we can be voted on to win something. Right. And I actually think we have a really good chance. I mean, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're not going to win anything. And that's fine, too. But I think we have a really good chance of winning the best new podcast of 2019. Because I only know of maybe two or three other podcasts that started in 2019 that have a following. Mm. And so if you go on here, if you click on the nominations, there's all these different categories. The cat- Some of the categories are Best Overall Podcast 2019, Best New Podcast 2019, Best Individual Podcast Episode, Most Innovative Podcast, Best True Crime Podcast, Best News Podcast, Best Interview Style Podcast, Best History Podcast, Best Comedy Podcast, Best Society and Culture Podcast. Um, we are all of those. We're fucking all of these. I feel like, yeah. you know, Best Government Podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, vote yeah. for us. <laughs> so, um, and you don't, they're not going to bother you with like ads or anything because I voted for us and I haven't gotten a single right, email Right, I from voted them. for us too. Yeah. And well, even though this might not seem like a big de- deal to you guys, if we get nominated for anything, even being able to say that our podcast is being nominated for us, for something helps us give value to the normies who are like, well, what, what are you doing? So, you know, so we can be like, oh, well, we've been nominating for something. And then that can kind of help us eventually one day to perhaps get sponsors or. Right. Or, or maybe even just widen our audience would yeah. be so great to just have new listeners. And then we maybe we can get more guests for you guys mm-hmm. and like. Just adds legitimacy to our podcast. I mean, my ultimate goal is I want to speak with the devil himself. I need to get him in here <laughs> and I need to ask him and I need to see, are, is he wearing a red suit from head to toe? Is he holding a pitchfork or is he a man in a normal business suit? I need to know if Hollywood is right. I have so many questions and I maybe... And we need the answers now. Yeah. So if we can show that, if we can send the devil our resume and it's impressive enough, he might come on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine that, you guys. 
Yeah. So please vote for us. Again, that link is going to be at um, our Instagram under uh, on our profile. There's a link that's normally to, I think it's normally to our iTunes account, mm-hmm. but I changed it to the Discover Pods Awards. So it's awards.discoverpods.com forward slash discover dash pods dash awards dash 2019 dash nominations forward slash. All right. They got that. You guys, come on, help us. We just want to be nominated. Yeah. That would be really fucking sick. And finally, it's Halloween month. If you guys are dressing up as anything cute or spooky or whatever, just tag us in it. Let's get haunted. We're into that. We support it. This is our time to be haunted. And it's spooky month. It's spooky month. So get in there and do it. Six costumes. It's spooky month. We're going ham. We're yeah. gonna, yeah, we're gonna go hard as a motherfucker, and we really want to be nominated for this shit. We're also trying to bring you a special guest next episode. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say too much because you never know. I'm like very wary of saying things until it happens. Yep. But we're working really hard to get a special guest for next episode who is a spooky person, and mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Natalia. That was a great story. I learned Thanks. so much about the history of Halloween. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Nut forever. Uh, a hazelnut. If your nuts stay together, then that means that you have a relationship with a nut. BRB, gotta go uh, spin an apple, the most haunted fruit, and try to catch it in my mouth. With Igor. With Igor. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Nut. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, three hundred dollars $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.